Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. So you just heard the recording um, from Kenneth Walker, who's Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. And yes, that is the case we're working on this week. Um, I know normally we go and we'll talk first and then we, we get into the case. But I think this week is a little more different um, just because... The scenario that happened did not need to happen at all. You know, like, there was no no reason she needed to be involved in any of this, you know? No. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm going to give you a little, like, info, okay? Mm-hmm. So, the LMPD... Um, their investigation's primary target were um, Jamarcus Glover and Adrian Walker, not related to Kenneth Walker, who was Brianna's boyfriend at the time. Um, but they both were suspected um, for selling um, controlled substance from a drug house 
basically about like 10 miles away from Brianna's house. Wow. So Glover said that the police had pressured him to move out of his re- residence for unspecific reasons. Um, so Glover and Taylor, they had an on and off relationship between 2016 and a lot of people say like around February of 2020. Um, and then Brianna decided she was going to commit solely to Kenneth Walker, you know, instead of the whole bouncing up and down relationship that she had with, um, Mr. Glover. Mm-hmm. So then in this, so we're going to go a little bit backwards for a second. Um, in December, 2016, a guy named Fernandez Bowman was found dead in a car rented by Taylor and used by Glover. So I guess Brianna did the favor for um, Glover to be able to have a ride around. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had the Mr. Bowman had been shot eight times. Glover had used Taylor's address and phone number for various purposes, including for like bank statements. So a lot of Taylor's information was on a lot of the documents. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, Taylor did not have anything to do with his extracurricular activities, you know, if we want to say politely. Yeah, but you can you can kind of you can kind of um deduce why they were at her apartment. Because his well his information was at her address. Well they were gonna hit five different places. Right. And one of them was her thing, was her address. Um but in my opinion I feel like if they would have surveilled it better, they yeah. would have noticed that there was really no, you know, and and one of um later on you're gonna hear um one of the the paperwork for her home, it says she was a non-threat. They saw it as she would probably be alone, and it won't, it would be the easiest one to deal with. Yeah, that that'll be a problem later. But yet, why why did they have so many people? Yeah. If it was gonna be an easy. And I'll let you continue because I have I have questions later on. Well, not questions, but concerns later on. Okay. I don't want to ruin it. So, in a variety of statements, Glover said that Taylor had no involvement in the drug operations, that as a favor, she held money from the the proceeds for him, and that she handled money for him for other purposes. So, basically, probably in, you know, probably she saw it as, okay, I'm helping you with you know, knowing how to balance your money. Because she was a very smart girl, you know. Um, she was studying to be a nurse. Um, she was an EMT. Right. So she's very smart, you know. She was a smart cookie. For sure. And that, so yes, yeah, so she handled the money for um, different purposes. Um, in a different recording, uh, Jailhouse Conversation Glover had, he said that Taylor had been handling his money and that she had been holding $8,000 of it. Um, that he had given Taylor money to pay phone bills and that he had told his sister that another woman had been keeping the group's money. Mm. Okay. So in the recording, um, there, and in an interview with the Cor- Career Journal, of Louisiana, Glover also repeatedly said that Taylor was not involved in any of his drug operations 
and that the police had no business looking for him at her residence and deny that he had said in the recording conversations that he kept money at her residence. Taylor was never a co-defendant in Glover's cases. You know, so she was never involved in anything. Now about that warrant. Like everybody's always, you know, um, about the warrant. What 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 did it say? What did it mean? Yeah, so OMPD detect uh obtained a no knock search warrant for Taylor's apartment. And that was at three thirty oh three Springfield Drive in Louisiana. The search warrant included Taylor's residence because it was suspected that Glover would receive packages containing drugs there and might have been keeping narcotics and or proceeds from the sale of the, the narcotics. There And because a car registered to Taylor had been seen parked in front of Glover's house several times, specifically, the warrant alleges that in January 2020, Glover left Taylor's apartment with an unusual, unknown package, which in the being, it was just a pair of sneakers mm-hmm. that he had, I guess, ordered and had to send there because she lived in a better part of the area right. and his, where he, um, his address, um, was, it was not a great place. Um, so he had it where, you know, I guess if you're buying expensive sneakers, you wanted to go to a place where, you know, it's going to be there right. kind of thing. Yeah. So, and automatically the detectives presumed that it was drugs um, and took it as, took it to a known drug apartment soon afterwards. So, yes, if you buy, if she brought, if he had where sneakers were delivered to her place, of course, he's going to go back to his residence, you know. Yeah. The warrant states that this event was verified through the U.S. Postal Inspector. In May 2020, the U.S. Postal Inspector in Louisville publicly announced that the collaboration with law enforcement had never actually occurred. Hmm. The Postal Office said it was actually asked by a different agency to monitor packages going to Taylor's apartment, but after doing so, it concluded there there was no packages of interest going there. So she was just getting the normal packages like we all get. Mm-hmm. You know, this public revelation put the investigation and especially the warrant into question and resulted in a internal investigation. So because there's like, as you go further, you start realizing there's, there's little things that should have told them, oh no, let's mm-hmm. keep her out of it. It's, Nothing really is there, but they kept on. Of course. So the warrant was applied for by the LMPD detective Joshua C. Janies. Now, if I don't say these detectives' names right, so be it. Um, I'm not going to stress over it, and neither should you, you know? Among a total of five warrants approved um, the the preceding day by Jefferson County Circuit Judge Mary M. Shaw within 12 minutes and which was stamped as filed with the court clerk's office on April 2nd. Now, why? how, how does it take 12 minutes to, to approve five 
search warrants. Like, don't you normally have to review the evidence that prove valid to search? Not, not 100%. Or like, but you have to like, there has to be enough of a reason you have why. To, you have to convince the judge that there's enough evidence to fast track those five warrants. And if they were doing, you know, like, could a cop make something up that, hey, listen, this is a drug deal going down right now. I need it right away. Sure. And she'll sign them and fast track it. That's messed up. Mm-hmm. So, all five warrants um, contain similar language involving a justification for no knock entry. That concludes with due to the nature of how these drug traffickers operate. So, Christopher Sobogan, director of Vanderbilt University criminal justice program said that unless police had a reason to suspect that Taylor's residence had surveillance cameras, a no-knock warrant would be improper. Mm-hmm. Brian Gallany, a, a professor at University of Arkansas, also expressed skepticism about the warrant, writing that if it was appropriate in this particular search, then every routine drug tra- transaction would justify grounds for no knock. Correct. But Sergeant Timothy Salyer, Salyer, looks like Slayer, with but a different way, supervisor of the Chivalry, Kentucky Police Department's Special Investigation Unit, told LMPD, internal investigations in Maine that due to bad blood between the United States Postal Inspection Inspection Service and the LMPD, inquiries related to the drug trafficking investigation had been routed through the Chevelli Chiv- PD. I'm sorry if I can't say this name right, but it's just weird. Mm-hmm. In his interview with the internal um, investigators, Janie said that before the raid on Taylor's apartment, Madeline told him that the Chivalry PD had reported that the United States Postal Service had not delivered any suspicious packages to that address. Janie's was reassigned from his duties with the LAP, LMPD in June. So he gave false information mm-hmm. to obtain that warrant on her house. Correct. And according to the New York Times, before the execution of the no-knock warrant, orders were chained to knock and announce. Okay. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the police, um, when decided they were going to go, basically, in the early, and I mean like really early morning hours, on March 13th, 2020, basically a little bit after midnight. So most of us are asleep. We're getting ready to go to sleep, you know. Louisville police dressed in plain clothes knocked on Taylor's door before forcing entry using a baton... A battering ramp. I'm sorry. That's okay. So my thing is, if... If somebody's knocking on my door with plain clothes, I'm going to be like, wait, and it's like, you know, past midnight and you're knocking on my door and I don't know who you are. I'm not opening that door. No. No. 
And then if you you just like ran my door down, I'm going to assume you're like trying to rob me, kidnap me, murder me. You know, cuanto madre. Yeah, because most we we all know that if it's if it's a cop they say police and then they ran your door down. Yeah. So they they say they notify themselves. You're thinking, yeah, this person's going to rob me. Think I have this guy's money. Mm-hmm. You know, I have drugs in here or something. And just like you heard in the 911 call from Kenneth Walker, he says they just, you know, knocked his door over. You know, they didn't say who they were because obviously, you know, all that shenanigan would have not happened. Correct. Um, so there was, there is a dispute between um, a lot of people, whether the officers announced themselves before forced entry. Mm-hmm. Some people, like the neighbor, I think right next to her, or is she, she's right above her, something like that, she says she did not hear them announce themselves. Um, but she did hear, you know, the knocking and then the pound of the, from the door being off, and then... Um, the spray of gun, you know? Um, so Walker contends that Taylor asks, who is it? Several times after hearing a loud bang at the door, um, hearing no answer, he then decided to call his mother instead of the police. After calling his mother, he dialed 911 and armed himself. Um, we don't have that call that he made. Um, but yeah, so in Louisiana, um, and in a lot of other, um, states, if you feel there's going to, an intruder is coming into your house, you have every right to defend yourself on your property, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't mean like you have to actually own the property, but if you're paying, um, rent, that's your property mm-hmm. until, you know, you move out of that area. And I mean, even in, in like Texas, I could be living with my wife. Everything's in her name, but I have stuff there. I could protect my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the police officers involved have um, testified that they announced themselves multiple times before using the battery ramp to enter the apartment. And yet a lot of um, people in that building did not hear it. And if, and if they announce themselves, why would? And I know that um, Brianna's not here to, t- you know, to say her side. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody say her boyfriend say that she said who is it multiple times? Exactly, like you knock, boom, boom, boom. Who is it? Police. You don't answer, right? <laughs> right, right? And then you're knocking again. I'm gonna yell louder. <laughs> who is it? Yeah, you know. But we all know how that goes. Mm-hmm. So the New York Times interviewed roughly a dozen neighbors and alleged that only one of them who was on the exterior staircase immediately above Taylor's um, apartment heard the police shout police. But that's one out of how many, you know? Um, so... They shot police once and then knocked at least three times, which I don't see how shouting out. I think if you knock three times after each time you knocked, you should say, you know, 
oh, this is the LMPD, you know, mm -hmm. this is the police, open up. It's kind of like that, I would assume you would do it that way. While approximately 11 other neighbors heard no knock or announcement, including one who was outside smoking a cigarette. So if you're outside smoking a cigarette and you don't hear them do the knock announce, yeah. I'm like, how is it that one person that's on the exterior side and um, Tara's apartment is on the interior side? How do you hear the them shouting out police, but nobody else hears it? Hears it? Yeah, because you're you're used to hearing knock knock police, even though you don't. It's never been said. You're so used to hearing it that way that you're like, yeah, he must. They must have said police. Yeah. But then you actually eleven other people. And they're like, no, but we ain't even hear a knock. They just knocked the door down. That's what we heard. True. So, according to a statement by Attorney General Cameron, an independent investigation concluded that the no-knock warrant was indeed served as a knock-and-announce warrant, which was corroborated by one independent witness who was near Taylor's apartment. But on September 30th, this witness lawyer said that the police announced themselves only in passing. Yeah, like move out the way, police. Yeah. Clear the, so, clear the hallway. That's what. Yeah. You know, we we verify now that 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 one witness what he heard was, you need to, and um, it's on Hulu. I saw the documentary, um, and it's uh, I think it's what, ABC News or it was the New York Times presents. Um, they have the documentary about Brianna and the guy that says. He heard the police knock and announce himself. He, on that interview, states that he heard the knock and he saw all the police, right? And how they were in the plain clothes, blah, blah, blah. He opens the door and they tell him, sir, unless you want to get involved with this case, get back inside. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, dude, if I was you, I would call the cops and be like, yo, there are some people saying that they're police, but I don't see... Them in police gear. Yeah. You know, police yeah. is where, you know, for them. What's going on? I'm yeah. scared now. Yeah. You know, but not everybody thinks that way. I just, I just have a very strange thought process. So leave me be, please. Um, and so, which implied that the witness was quoted out of context and that video, and that the video was deceptively spliced according to the Vice News. The witness originally said nobody identified themselves when the interviewed when interviewed by a police a week after the shooting, but when the police called him two months later, he said he heard, this is the cops. Two months later. Listen, a lot of crap happens in two months. Mm -hmm. You know, so I can't, you can't I, mm, I'm gonna hold that. You give me your feedback on our um social media, and then you let me know what you think. Yeah. Um. So Walker said that he and Taylor believed intruders were breaking into their apartment, which is is normal. Mm -hmm. So initially, he, uh, told police that during he told police during his arrest that Taylor had opened fire. 
but later reversed his statement saying that he fired the warning shot in self-defense. And according to the op, so officials, the shot struck um, mettingly in the leg. Walker's legal team asserts that because forensic photography shows no blood in the part of the in any part of the apartment that was belonging to um Matling. I hope I'm saying this right, whatever. Okay. So he saying that he was shot because a court sealed photo photograph of the single hollow point bullet from Walker's fire shows no blood. Hmm. So here's the thing. And I'm going to jump over a lot of my other information. So Metling was actually shot by friendly fire. I believe that. Um, and because, and because based on those conclusions, um, the, I mean, consultations with the pathologist, they believe that a hollow point bullet would have done considerably more damage to his thigh um, and the evidence suggests Matley was shot by a police officer instead, which, like I said, friendly fire. A Kentucky State Police ballistics report is inconclusive, says that due to limited markings of compar- comparative value, the bullet that hit Matling and exited his thigh was neither identified nor eliminated as having been fired from Walker's gun, but it was fired from a 9mm pistol like Walker's, whereas all officers were carrying 40 caliber guns. I highly doubt that they're just all having their cal- their 40 um, caliber gun and not a 9mm. Total BS. Police then fired 32 rounds into the apartment during two flurries or waves of shots separated by one minute and eight seconds. So here's my thing. If you only heard one shot, right? Walker gave a warning shot. Matt Lee got struck, I think by friendly fire, but who's to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why do we need 32 rounds? And like they, there's like holes all over the place. So why do we need all that? So Matley was the only officer who entered the residence, fired six shots. At the same time, Crossgrove fired sixteen shots from the doorway in a matter of seconds. So, I'm just like, huh? How do you shoot? You know, like, not really knowing. Is, are we in the, you know, wild, wild west? Sure, sounds like it. Right? Um. So then, Hankins fired 10 times from outside through a sliding glass door and bedroom window both of which was covered by blinds and curtains. So Hankins, not knowing who the heck could be on the other side of that window and the sliding door, 
shot blindly through it, mm-hmm. not caring. Um, so the officer shot, the officer shot, uh, hit objects in the living room, dining room, kitchen, hallway, bathroom, and both bedrooms. Taylor was struck by five or six bullets in the hallway and pronounced dead at the scene. Crossgrove fired the shots that killed her. Um, and he was the one that was stand that was shooting at the doorway. So you can I can understand if Hankins it was from Hankins shots because he's shooting blindly. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I can understand shooting anybody, but that would be like okay, you didn't see what the hell you were shooting like a dumbass, you know. But Crossgrove was right at the door at the doorway. You're shooting and you're spraying your gun, not caring, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. You know, that was more sensitive than the shooting the blind. Because you had the view, you know. Um, so, did I? Okay, Crossgrove fired the shots that killed her. Walker was uninjured. So, you know. How the hell he do that, though? I don't know. Like, he must he must have had a relative holding on him. Yeah, it sounds like. You know. According to police grand jury testimony, the warrant was never executed at and Taylor's apartment was not searched for drugs or money after the shooting. More than a month after the shooting. So Glover was offered a plea deal if he would testify that Taylor was part of his drug dealing operation. Prosecutors said that the offer was in a draft of of the deal, but later removed. Glover rejected the deal. So, why remove it? Because you didn't want people to know that you're trying to, you know, make, kind of like make it seem like there was a reason for what you did. Yeah, like a justified homicide. Yeah, yeah justified homicide. Yeah. You know? Oh well, she she was a gangbanger. That you know, yeah. one less. No, homie, she was a good girl. She was looking for her future. Like, if you look at that documentary, she was very motivating to her family mm-hmm. to want to push forward, do the best. You know. On November nineteen, twenty twenty, Glover's associate. Um, Adrian Walker was fatally shot. The Louisiana, Louisville police stated that they had no suspects in that killing. So let's go into her autopsy and her death certificate. It might get you a little bit bothered, being honest. So the autopsy was conducted on Taylor um, and her body. So her cause of death was determined to be homicide, granted, right? But the death certificate also notes that she received five gunshot wounds to the body. The coroner denied the Courier-Journal's request for a copy of the autopsy. The newspaper was appealing to the Attorney General's office as of July 17, 2020. Um, I couldn't find more information yet on that part. Um, so 
investigations into the three police officers. But hold on, before I move on to that part. Um, so when it came to the autopsy, there was on the um, documentary, you'll see that there was at first, they put it that she had no injuries. They put it that um, it was an, I think an accident. And then they had to redo that whole scenario because it was like, wait, what? Everybody knows she was shot. Everybody knows what happened. So they had to. Yeah, because the coroner was in the police pocket. Yeah. My words. Oh, I agree. You know? Um, so the police filed an incident report that claimed that Taylor had no injuries, like I said, and that no forced entry occurred. The police department said that technically, that that technical errors led to a nearly in, internal, entirely blank, malformed report. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 a little confused rereading this because I'm just like, wait, huh? What? When? Where? Huh? Um. So now. And I know I, I seem like I'm brushing right through it. I'm just trying to let you guys know all the information I have within this hour of a podcast. Um, so, like, local and the state investigations. Um, so, all three of the officers involved, um, they were placed on administrative reassignment pending the outcome of an internal of the investigation by the police department. Um, internal professional integrity integrity unit on May 2020. That's a lot of 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, the investigation's findings were given to Daniel Cameron, Attorney General of Kentucky, to determine whether any officers should be criminally charged. Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher also asked the FBI and the U.S. Attorney Office to review the findings. Um, in early June, Fish, Fisher called the office called for Officer Hankins to be removed from Louisville Police Merit Board, um, which reviewed appeals from police office or offices in departmental disciplinary matters. Hankinson was one of the five members of the board which consists of three civilians and two police officers selected by the River City Fraternal Order of Police. Um, And then on June 19, three months after Taylor's killing, Louisville Metro Police Interim Chief Robert Schroeder Schroeder, sent Hankinson a letter notifying him that Schroeder had begun an begun termination proceedings against him. The letter accused Hankinson of violating departmental policies on the use of deadly force by firing into Taylor's apartment without determining whether any person present an immediate threat or whether there was any innocent persons present. The letter also cited past disciplinary actions uh, taken against Hankinson 
by the department, including for reckless conduct. Hankinson was formally fired four days later, June 23rd. He had 10 days until July 3rd to appeal his termination to the Louisville Police Merit Board. That appeal was delayed until the criminal investigation was finished. Um, so then on, on September 23rd, 2020, a state grand jury in, indicted um, Hankinson on three counts of want, wanton? Wanton, endangerment. wanton endangerment for endangering a neighboring white family of three when shots were fired, when he, he fired penetrating their apartment. Are you serious? I believe that one hundred percent. So, um, <laughs> so my question is: so it's okay for the white family to get justice, but not the black family? Because that's the only thing they charged them with. Yeah. Was a three. Never mind that he shot, shot and he, killed, actually murdered, Breonna Taylor. Well, they they they're saying they're blaming everything on um Cosgrove. But he shot into the room too, so yeah, and you don't know which one hit what, right? You know, and he shot blindly, like I said, right? You know, but oh dear lord. So conviction could include a sentence of up to five years in prison and a fine for each count. Wow, that's so much. Oh my God, it's going to hurt him. Yeah. Um, bullets also entered the upstairs apartment of a black family, but no charges were filed. Of course, not against the black people, just the white people. Neither Hankinson nor the two other officers involved in the raid were indicted for Taylor's death. Of course not. Of course not. So, Louisville Coral Journal raised questions about whether the grand jury had been allowed to decide whether charges should be pressed against Matley and Crossgrove or whether prosecutors decided that the officers acted in self-defense without submitting the issue to the grand jury. Hankinson's and Walker's attorneys requested the release of the grand jury transcript and related evidence. On September 28th, a grand jury filed a court motion stating that Cameron had mischaracterized the grand jury proceeds and was using grand jurors as a shield to deflect accountability and responsibility for charging decisions. Once once you said about that, that he was, that he was, um, the attorney general for that for Louis Louisville, mm-hmm. I'm like he's gonna screw it up. He's the one that screwed it all up, and I believe that he's with um, like they said shielding. So basically, yeah, let's do this, and oh yeah, we can't do nothing against Brianna Taylor, but let's do about the three white people that got shot. Yeah, just because you know it. A judge ordered the release of the grand jury proceedings, recording, um, and then Cameron's office and Hankinson's attorney opposed the ruling. So a jury, uh, a jury, 
A day later, Cameron said that he did not recommend murder charges to the grand jury. Stop. But maintained that he presented a thorough and complete case. He's making these faces, guys, and and it's just it's very distracting because I want to. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm about to explode in a minute. Okay. I can't. <laughs> okay. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not trying to laugh at the situation. I'm. It's just. If you were to see his reaction and the way his body is moving, you would be like, mm, I want to know what he's thinking. And I, I'm, I, I do want to know what he's thinking. So, while recordings of testimony and some other parts of the proceed, proceeds were released, the juror deliberation and prosecutor's recommendations were not released. And according to the state attorney general's office, were never recorded. Which, mm-hmm. when is that never recorded? It's always recorded. Isn't everything recorded when you, everything once that right. judge says, we're now in session, everything gets recorded? Everything's recorded. But with the um, grand jury, there is no judge. It's just a whole, like, you know, like, I don't know how many people, more than 12. But either way, you but know, once everything gets say, into yeah. session, yeah. it you know. Somebody does say, um, of course, you know, this, this session, or this court is now in session, something like to that effect. Yeah. But on October 22nd, a second grand jurors criticized Cameron how the grand jury was operating and how Cameron presented the grand jury's conclusions. The juror agreed with the first juror's statement, including that members of the grand jury wanted to consider other charges against the officers, including homicide charges. But the panel was steered away from considering homicide charges and left in the dark about self-defense laws during deliberation. These statements contradicted Cameron's claim that the grand jury agreed the officers who shot Taylor was justified in returning fire after Taylor's boyfriend shot at them. The first grand juror said the panel did not agree that certain actions were justified. On the on, one of the anonymous jurors said that the police covered it up. That's the evidence that I saw, and I felt that there should should have been lots more charges on them. So that's the words of one of the jurors. Mm-hmm. Um. So now into uh, the federal investigation, which is a very brief thing. I'm going to tell you, um, the FBI is conducting its own independent investigations. Announced by its Louisville field office um, on May 22nd, I mean, May 21st, my bad, after the state grand jury charges were announced. The FBI stated, FBI, FBI Louisville continues to its federal investigations into all aspects of the death of Breonna Taylor. This work will continue beyond the state's charges announced today. Well, today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was their statement. So now, remember we said about evidence, and a lot of this goes on evidence to be able to do um, a lot of the charges. So on May 14, 2020, photos were released to the public um, in the Cord Journal by Sam Agra. Um, If I said your name wrong, sorry. Attorney representing Taylor's family. 
The photos show bullet damage in her apartment and the apartment next door. The Louisville police claimed that none of the officers were wearing body cameras as all three were plainclothes narcotic officers. On September 4th, several news sources, including the Colonel Journal, reported that photographs of police officers taken late that day showed that at least one wore a body camera. In the later photographs, one of the officers who fired his weapon, Miles Crossgrove, was wearing a mount for a body camera. Another detective who was present wore a body camera, although it is not known whether it was active. That is complete BS. Mm -hmm. If you're plain clothes, you don't wear cameras. But now that's why. It's like, okay, but why would you go? If you're doing a raid, I would want to wear my a body camera just to make sure that everything's caught on camera because it's a raid. You know, what if by accident you missed evidence, but the camera picked up that evidence? You could be like, oh, no, it was there. Yeah. But you know? you, especially when you, according to what the officer saw, mm -hmm. was a no-knock warrant. So it don't matter what you do. The no-knock warrant protects you from anything that happens after that. But it was last-minute change. Yeah, I know. And that's where they... I understand that. I understand that. But I'm saying the police went into... Or the narcotics team went in there. It's a no-knock warrant. Nobody cameras. We don't need none of that. Just just strap up and let's go. Yeah. Even if it was changed 15 minutes or 10 minutes before, hey, listen, knock and you know, say you're police. They're not going to know that. They're not going to care. Apparently, care. they proved it. No, not boring. That's all I have. If you change it later, that's on you. I, I have I have the My paperwork right here. One thing. Yeah. You know. Um, so, on May 21st, police, off, um, police Chief Steve Conrad announced his retirement after intense local and national criticism of the department's handling in the case. Of course. To be effective June 30th, Conrad was fired on June 1st after the, the fatal shooting of um, an African-American business owner, David McAddy. Um, so then L, the LMPD announced in May that it would require a sworn officer to wear body cameras and will change how it carries out search warrants Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher indefinitely suspended the use of no-knock warrants on May 29th. On January 5th of this year, 2021... Well, we're in 2022 now, but yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I'm so backwards. My bad. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. 2021, not this year, the LMPD fired... Crossgrove, who shot and killed Taylor, and Janie's, who obtained the warrant for the raid. Mm -hmm. So, in June of 2020, Democrats in the Congress um, introduced the Justice of the Justice in Policing Act of 2020, a board bill containing measures to combat misconduct, excessive force, and racial biases in policing. The bill would prohibit the issue. 
issuance of no-knock warrants in federal drug investigations and provide incentives to states that to enact a similar um, prohibition. In June, uh, Senator Rand Paul, um, Republican for Kentucky, introduced the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act, which would prohibit federal law um, enforcement from carrying out a warrant until after the officers provide notice of his or her authority and purpose. It would also apply to state and local law enforcement that receiving funding from the Justice Department. On June 10th, the Louisville City Council voted un- anonymously my bad, to ban no-knock search warrants called Brianna's Law. It requires all officers who serve warrants to wear body cameras and to have them turned on from at least five minutes before the warrant is served until at least five minutes afterwards. Yeah. Um, and if I'm, um, I, I, I forgot to write it in my, in my um information, but he was also Costco, um, yeah, Costco. Um, he, I don't think he got. Um, a charge against him for her kill yet? No. Uh, but I think they're they're working on that. Um, a lot of it, due to COVID, a lot of things have gotten slowed down, where it's taking a lot longer to get things done. Um, so I've if I once I get an update, I will update you guys and let you guys know. As you guys knew, it took how long for George Floyd's um killer to finally, you yeah. know get his swift justice and I mean so Cosgrove or any of those detectives cannot get justice by the state because Cameron was a complete douchebag Mm -hmm. and not presenting the right evidence Um, so now we're basically waiting for the FBI and all those people to to basically bring justice to Breonna Taylor for his ineptitude yeah because in my in my opinion, he was like he the the part of him shielding. I agree with hundred percent. He protected the cops more than anybody else. And why is he? Why why was he um, state attorney general? The role of attorney general of any state is to protect the people, not the police. Your 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 whole. Your business is to protect everyone but the police. If the police are wrong. They're wrong. If the police are right, they're right. It don't you know like you're supposed to be impartial on that. Um, the problem with that I have with Cameron, as you stated, um, if he doesn't tell them, hey, listen, I'm looking for murder. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this. You know, like he yeah. could, he could name anything he wants in that in that claim. Yeah. If he doesn't mention it, they can't say, well, yeah, we wanna we wanna add this. We wanna add that. Yeah, well, that's not before you today. Yeah. So, um, I have a problem with yeah. the boyfriend. The and old boyfriend or the other? Uh, the one that called the the one that's in the video, the one that's in the recording. Okay, Kenneth. Yeah, I understand that there was not a police. There was no you know, like no knock warrant. Mm-hmm. 
but nobody came in trying to rob him. I just as of yet, and he shot, and he was the first one to fire the first shot. Like for me, this is just me. Mm-hmm. If they would have came in the door, I would have started shooting. But from what you said, Crossgrove was at the door shooting. After, well, no, Crossgrove was the second officer. Right, so Matt, Matting came in first. Well, he was the first one shot. Yeah, but he was shot by a friendly fire. Well, that but the cops thought he was from his. Yeah, but what Kenneth did was basically he saw the door knocked down. Mm-hmm. You know, so automatically he's in like oh my god mode. Um, so he arms up, which is just you know a nine mil. Um, and he goes and he. He sees someone entering. Now remember, they're in plain clothes. Right. Yeah. So if I'm seeing somebody in plain clothes entering my house, mm-hmm. I'm giving you a warning shot to get to yeah. get back. Yeah. You know. I got a gun. Yeah. And instead of what they did was they shot. So that means that somebody behind Miley must have started shooting before he went into the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So they heard the warning shot, and that person. Already had their finger on the trigger. Sorry, yeah. And whether it was fear, excitement, adrenaline, whatever the case that they want to put it, mm-hmm. they shot. And Madeline got, which um, Kenneth did is suing uh, the city and the police department for everything. I would. Um, Taylor's family's doing the same. And Matley is also suing the police department because he got shot. Because I guess, um, because of one of the officers who shot him, he's like, "What the hell?" You know, you, there was no need to, you know, shoot when you didn't have sight. And he's also upset with with Hankinson because he's like, "You had that's against code. You know, you don't shoot not knowing where. Yeah, you know, where's what." I agree. So I mean. I take it back then because I, I no, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, um, Manling, in my opinion, is still not innocent. I think no, you know, of course not. Yeah, he might say, "Oh, but I was just doing my job. I was told mm-hmm. to do this. I was no. told to do that." But I feel like if I'm on the on a thing, I want to know why am I doing this to this person at this time of the night? Yeah. If it's just a female there, why do we gotta go in aggressive? Why can't we just knock and be like, you know? Yeah, and also the all the paperwork says she's not no threat. Yep. So there was no reason for her apartment specifically. I don't care about the other four. Her the apartment. other four were drug houses. I know, I understand. But if her if she was put in the paperwork, police paperwork and all that, as not as no threat, mm-hmm. why was her paperwork or her uh warrant signed as a no knock at the beginning? There was no need for that. Because they made it seem like she was she was holding drugs and she was holding proceedings. Okay. She she may have. Doesn't mean that her house is a drug house. Exactly. Don't mean that you're gonna find a million dollars worth of drug and money. I know people that, hey, listen, hold this for me. Okay. I'll give you five hundred dollars next month for you know, for holding it. I would take the five hundred dollars. <laughs> Just saying, I'm poor, so you know. Right here, um, so I kind of understand that. 
doesn't yeah. mean that she was, and, and everybody, including him, the guy that was guilty of the, having the drug house, said that she had nothing to do with it. She didn't have no drugs in her house. Yeah. All he did was send her his regular mail. So she could pay his bills. Right. Um, and that way he could also receive, you know, like if he gets, if he buys sneakers or whatever, he knows it's going to a safe place that he could pick it up and it'll be there. Right, yeah. You know? I mean, which is... Which is smart, especially if you live in the bad side of town. Yeah, he lived in what they would call the ghetto the area. Ghetto. Yeah. Um, she lived in a residential. Yeah, because she was working. She had a great job. She was mm-hmm. becoming a nurse, and she was already an EMT. Um, but so I mean, again, this is another case for me, where the officials and the police screwed this case up. Yes, badly. they did. Badly. Um. There was no need. There was no need for Brianna Taylor to die. No. Um, whatever the, like, I know that there was two walkers. I can understand how that could be confusing. I know she date like, I'm I'm going against uh, people that say, well, she this happened and this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. There was two walkers. They were not related. She was dating. She dated one of the one of the guys. But if. Even if your own paperwork says, listen, this is not a drug house. She has nothing to do with it. Yeah, she probably has some money of his, which you got to knock on her door and say, listen, anything you got from this guy, I need. Because we're arresting him and that's evident. You could stay with it, but you're going to jail for holding it. Yep. Done. I would have been like, "Uh I I think if they would have knocked on her door and said, do you have anything, any property belonging to Mr. Groveman? Um, please hand it over. Yep. And she says, but why do I got to hand it over to you? You know, they they probably, and they would explain, she probably would have said, okay, you know what? I have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Here you go. You do you. Uh, yeah, you enjoy your night. Bye. You I'm going choice. back to bed. You can hand it over or you could be arrested with them. I'm not being arrested. Here you go. Take it. Right. I'm done. <laughs> um, But that's it. if they would have done it the correct way. The correct way. Yeah, you know, of course. Because from the documentaries I saw, she was a sweet child, a sweet girl. Mm-hmm. You know, she was twenty six. She, she loved life. You know, and her motto was always, you know, live it like, you no. know, it's the last. I mean, her boyfriend could have done a better job of staying on with the with the police, making sure that she actually got help. I don't think it would have helped her. As far as ambulance coming in and saving her. Yeah. But you don't look to, like, the perception of how it looked, him hanging up. I'll call you back later. Your girlfriend is on the couch floor, wherever. But I think that's I think that's when he decided to step outside. And he was telling, remember, he was telling the officers, you know, she's hurt inside. And they were just basically not caring. And the, the operator was dumbass, too. Like, uh, how many times do you need the address repeated to me? You know how some people are. And then... Because usually, yes, 30, 30, I'm just 30, 33, whatever, apartment four, yes, that's it. You you type it in. Yep. Why are you asking him three times for the same address? Yeah. And then where she shot, you know, let's I'm not going to touch a oh. body to find out where they shot because they're like, oh, yeah, the, your prints are on it. You shot him. Happens all the time. True. And a lot of the um, thing, um, they automatically look at the boyfriend as the one that killed Right, and then you know. or even if somebody says, oh, I heard the shots, what's going on? Let me try to save her life. The only fingerprints on the body is the person that tried to save the life. True. And then 
well, not their number one suspect because, you know, her, his or her prints are on the body, which is it, kind of stupid. Just, but. Yeah, it is. Um, it's just crazy. Um, but like I said, once we have uh, an update on what's going on, we will definitely go ahead and send that to you. Good thing is, uh, those main three um, office, well, ex-officers are... Are no longer officers. The rapid fire of everybody getting fired—that's that's that to me shows that they were all guilty. Everyone that retired, quit, quit the force, got fired, got suspended—they're all guilty in some way. Yeah. Why? Why are you gonna get? Why are you gonna retire as chief? You know you screwed up somewhere. True. Something happened. Like there was evidence on this person that. The thing of them being on that committee, why is those two people, those two police officers, all the police officers you have in one, in one city? No, it was just Hankins that was on. Hankinson that was on the committee. The main one. But Cosgrove was the one that was doing, but Hankinson was the one that shot from the... From blindly. From blind. And, but you have him as the person that takes care of all police problems. You know, like, um, what is, what's the department? He was on the board. He was on the board. Yeah. Right. I'm like, hmm. That's kind of suspicious that you on the board. My thing is, he had issues on his on his own on right. his own um, page. Why is he on the board in the first place? He shouldn't have been. Right, you you're supposed to be have no your record should be spotless to be yeah. on that board. Yep. True. So, guys, if you want to give us your comments or your um or case you want us to work on, let us know. You can reach us on our Instagram at. Murderous underscore intentions underscore podcast. Or you can email us at murderousintentions21 at gmail.com. Or you can always tweet us at MI True Cry Podcast. Um, well, it, that was a wrap for today. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this month. Um, I think we have one more, no, two more episodes. Two more. Mm-hmm. And then we will go on to a different topic, which we have some topics in mind, but we haven't like grabbed it yet. So if you want a topic also um, to suggest, let us know. You guys have all the information. Bye guys. See you next week.